Jason here. Welcome to another edition of Zion ID. Today's is titled Science and the Holy Place. Growing up, um, I had a lot of good Sunday school teachers. Um, one that stands out was a guy named Brother Scott Waldron. And the thing that I loved about Brother Waldron was he would start his class by opening up the newspaper. And sometimes he would comment on articles from the newspaper uh, for the entire hour of Sunday school. And we would discuss how current events related to the gospel. And it was just such a great real-time analysis, and it strengthened all of our testimonies that God lives, and He's part of our daily lives. And I'm just really grateful to him because it taught me so much and it stayed with me. Today, I want to do something similar. Um, We're going to be commenting about an article that posted, was published in the New York Times this week called Trust in Science and Scientists Has Increased Globally. Um, But before I do, as as I was reading this article... um, One movie jumped out at me, and it's a movie that always makes me crack up, uh, Nacho Libre, starring Jack Black. Well, in that movie, Jack Black played the role of Ignacio. He worked as a cook in a, uh, a Mexican monastery, and in his you know, role there, he was in charge of cooking for the orphans. In one scene, his sidekick... Um, who's a hilarious guy. His name's Hector Jimenez. He tells Nacho that he doesn't believe in God. You know, and Nacho's shocked because he works in the monastery. And he says, I don't believe in God. You know, he says, I believe in science. And then he goes on to tell Nacho that he also hates orphans. (laughs) And so, you know, you're watching this movie and you just have to chuckle because of the absurdity of it, you know? Who would really hate orphans and who would really choose science over God? Well, the absurdity from that movie, which I think was probably, you know, 2005, 2006, it is playing out in real time right now as we enter the year 2022. So let's dig into this article. Um, The poll... Let's see. I'll just read it here. As the coronavirus pandemic put a spotlight on scientific research, people around the world gained trust in both science and scientists. Um, The survey was released on Monday, um, and it was published by the Wellcome Trust, a foundation focused on health research in London. They showed that almost 80% of people from 113 countries uh, said that they trusted science either a lot or some, okay? 75% of those surveyed said that they trusted scientists either a lot or some. Let's contrast this with recent polls about religion. So science is hovering 75% to 80% people's faith in science. Well, the proportion of Americans who consider themselves members of a church, synagogue, or mosque 
has dropped below 50%, according to a recent poll from Gallup. This is the first time that that has happened since Gallup first asked the question back in 1937. In 1937, church membership was 73%. For some Americans, religious membership is seen as a relic of an older generation, said Ryan Burge, an assistant professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University and a pastor in the American Baptist Church. Gallup's data finds that church membership is strongly correlated with age. 66% of American adults born before 1946 belong to a church, compared with 58% of baby boomers, 50% of Generation X, and a startling 36% of millennials. So, as we contrast these two poles between science and religion, It appears that science is filling the gap for those who have abandoned religion. You know, they say the fastest growing religion is atheism. And where are those people turning for their worship and for their belief system? They are turning to science. In Joe Biden's inauguration, um, you know, he mentioned that he was there to restore this trust in science to the White House. Uh, later on that evening in his victory speech, um, I guess this was right after the election, Biden mentioned science twice, referring to the need to build on bedrock science to help fight the great battles of our time, among which he included fighting the pandemic and climate change. A few moments later, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris told viewers that they had chosen hope, unity, decency, and science. Um, Recently, Anthony Fauci has been talking a lot about science, and he is even taking it to the next level. Stephen Miller wrote, Then came a broad swipe at anyone who dared to question the omnipotent Anthony Fauci. Despite his many, many backtracks over the last two years, Fauci decreed that to question him, his decisions or his motives, is to question the very foundations of science itself. When Brennan referenced Fauci's testimony to Congress, he responded, Fauci responded, I'm just going to keep doing my job, I'm going to keep saving lives, and they are going, to, are going to be lying. He continued, if they get up and really aim their bullets at me, Tony Fauci, it's so easy to criticize me, but they are really criticizing science because I represent science. Tony Fauci has apparently anointed himself the science or at least the ambassador, speaking on behalf of science. This is the second time he has made such a declaration. Attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science, he told Chuck Todd on Meet the Press in June. Is society's overwhelming trust in science warranted? Well, we're now in the early stages of a new Omicron variant outbreak of COVID. 
The COVID pandemic has been raging for two years now, since it first began in Wuhan, China. Science refuses to acknowledge its origin. The narrow narrative associated with COVID's origin has been shaped via censorship in China and abroad. All of a sudden, in a two-year span, coronaviruses, which have always existed, but have never been a health threat because our immune system has evolved to, you know, to, to handle the threat. All of a sudden, these coronaviruses are causing symptoms such as loss of taste and smell. If you would have told a medical professional three years ago, that you had a coronavirus that was causing a loss of taste and smell, they would have laughed you out of the room. And they would have told you, no, it's not a coronavirus, it must be something else, because coronaviruses are harmless. You know, I mean, the common cold is as far as a coronavirus goes. Well, three years ago, um, what would they have told you? Well, if you had lost your sense of taste and smell, doctors likely would have begun to investigate radiation exposure. One of the primary warnings given to all cancer patients is thus written. Radiation to the head or neck area can damage taste buds and salivary glands. This damage can change the way you taste, smell, or feel food. Using a coronavirus as rationale for pandemic is very convenient. It's even brilliant because tests can easily detect its presence in your body. At any given time, you may be carrying tens of different coronaviruses in your body. These tests can detect whichever variant of coronavirus they choose to look for and they can ignore whichever variant they choose not to look for. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it also interesting that we have a vaccine which doesn't contain a weakened coronavirus at all? Instead, it seeks to replicate low-dose radiation damage to your cells via mRNA. Once those cells heal through the body's God-given ability to self-heal, then you are once again susceptible to damage. It's no wonder that this vaccine can't stop transmission. Well, it's because human-to-human -human transmission has never been proven for a virus. Not a single scientific study exists to prove the contagiousness of a virus from person to person. They can't do it. They have tried injecting the mucus of an infected person into the mucus, into the body of a healthy person. And not once could they get the virus to transmit. Okay. Um, they've tried other things, kissing, intercourse, proximity, nothing, nothing, nothing results in any degree of confidence that a virus is contagious from person to person. So where is this coming from? Where is this sickness coming from? How, why are people's cells becoming toxic? Well, it's coming from the air and it comes from radiation. And all of these symptoms that people are experiencing from brain fog to respiratory issues, to the heart, to fatigue, 
we're all warned about from the same science um, that we're listening to, to today, but it was a very different, different message. Three years ago, science was warning from the rooftops and literally from the, from within, you know, the halls of Congress of what would happen if untested 5G was unleashed as the most foolish experiment in the history of mankind. The regulatory body, the FCC, the telecom CEOs from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, they all confirmed before Congress that not a single dollar had been allocated to testing the health effects of 5G radiation. And yet here we are, society's trust in science far surpasses its faith in God. Yikes. Prophets in the past did not have the same language that we have now. According to the Global Language Monitor, there are 5,400 new words created every year. The GLM estimates that in the modern world, a new word is created every 98 minutes. So I think it's safe to assume that if the ancient prophets were writing or speaking today, they would use more current language to describe the things that they saw. So when we analyze their words, we need to do it knowing that language has changed dramatically. The word science um, isn't used in the scriptures because it didn't exist back then as it presently does. The scientific method which has played a huge role in knowledge creation, it wasn't used until the 19th century. That's when many of the institutional and professional features of science actually began to take shape. So instead of using the word science, the prophets acknowledge God as our creator. They speak of creation in the same way that we speak of science. So when you go through the scriptures and you start reading about creator and creation, it implies that God has the role and even the name as chief scientist. That might be how we would refer to him in our modern language. He is the creator of mankind who literally invented the human body, which includes the marvels of the eye, the ear, the heart, the immune system, cardiovascular system, endocrine system, and so forth. God is the creator and organizer of animals, plants, natural resources. He perfectly understands sustainable ecosystems on this earth and throughout the universe. He is the chief scientist of earth herself, which obviously contains a vast system of complex processes working in harmony within an infinite universe. It's literally mind-blowing, right? And thus far, it is impossible for us as mortals to comprehend the size, the scope of all of this scientific information that exists. So, again, in our modern language, I think it's fair to describe God in such a way. And if we're willing to do so, 
it makes the words which are spewing out of Anthony Fauci's mouth sound like blasphemy, doesn't it? Fauci and those like him at the CDC and the World Health Organization are trying to play God. When the disciples asked Jesus to tell them about the signs of his coming and to tell him of the end of the world or the destruction of the wicked, as recorded in Matthew 24, Jesus cautioned, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Isn't that interesting? I think many of us have looked around and said, I don't see anyone saying that they are the Christ. And so we must not be close to the second coming because that's what Jesus warned about and we haven't seen it. So we're fine. We're safe. Well, what if it's happening in the name of science and people are trying to take upon themselves the role of creator, okay, and trying to play God? Jesus says that people who do that will deceive many. I'll continue with Matthew 24. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Is that happening in the world today because of this pandemic? Are some people, because they have been deceived, are they being delivered up to be afflicted and even killed? Are there people out there who are dealing with literal inflammation in their heart and in their brain that's causing them to drop dead as we speak? I think evidence is all around us. It's happening. Let's continue again with the scripture. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. You're hearing that word a lot, deceive. Because of this deception, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that remaineth steadfast and is not overcome, the same shall be saved. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, then you shall stand in the holy place. And I will emphasize that and we'll revisit it a little bit later then you shall stand in the holy place. Um, this isn't the only scripture that references such things and such deceptions. In Mark chapter 13, verse 22, it says, When false Christs and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. When you read in the scriptures about the elect being deceived, it does make you mad and you wonder how that's going to happen. But indeed, the entire global population as we enter the year 2022, and I include all religious leaders, political leaders, and economic leaders, everyone is following and heeding the counsel being given from the institutional headquarters of science. Am I wrong? That is pretty chilling. There is a massive disconnect between what's being labeled as science and what is actually being labeled as truth. 
And it's within this disconnect where deception resides. That is where the process of being deceived is taking place. You know, it's, um, I might get this story a little wrong, but I think, you know, George Bush's vice president back in the day was Dan Quayle. And Dan Quayle uh, became infamous for, for comparing himself to JFK. You know, I'm the next JFK. I'm the new JFK. Well, one of the veteran, <laughs> you know, uh, members of Congress said, uh, I knew JFK. And trust me, you're no JFK. I think we could say the same thing here about God, the creator, and those who are masquerading as science um, today. You would look at a guy like Anthony Fauci and say, Anthony, I know science and I know creation. And trust me, you are not it. Okay? Because deception when you use and you apply common sense and when you apply a bit of revelation and truth, the deception does become obvious. And I think a lot of people have felt it, they've recognized it, but nobody knows what to do about it. The problem is that deception breeds more deception. And when nobody rises up to confront it, uh, it continues unabated. The stage is set for the year 2022 to be a year of even greater tribulation than the last two years um, as these 5G towers are turned on. Test speeds from Elon Musk's Starlink were reported at 400 megabytes per second last week. Uh, U.S. regulators have granted approval for telecom to transition to C-Spectrum on January 5th, okay? The seeds have already been planted by Bill Gates and others, even the FBI, to expect an outbreak of smallpox, okay, to be forthcoming, which will mimic a more severe form of radiation poisoning than we have seen so far. You know, we talked about that in one of our prior uh, podcasts. So what's the answer? You know, what can we do about it? I can't tell you how many people have asked me that uh, in personal conversations over the last few weeks. Well, in Doctrine and Covenants, section 101, um, it makes a connection, the same connection that Jesus made in Matthew 24. Um, about the holy place. And it says, All they who call on my name should gather together and stand in the holy places and prepare for the revelation which is to come. So in DNC 101, there's a connection between the holy place and revelation. Okay, In DNC 45, verse 31, it makes a link between the holy place and desolating sickness. That verse says, And there shall be men standing in that generation that shall not pass until they shall see an overflowing scourge, for a desolating sickness shall cover the land. But my disciples shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved. But among the wicked, men shall lift up their voices and curse God and die. Um, before we talk about what this verse does say, let's talk about what it does not say. 
They're not in any scripture about abomination of desolation or desolating sickness. Does it say to inject yourself with the saving substance? Does it? Jesus could have said that. He could have said, hey, there's going to be these really smart people and they are going to uh, you know, develop the antidote to this desolating sickness and those who take that antidote are going to survive and those who don't won't. It doesn't say that, does it? In fact, when you put it into that context, it, I think it, it brings to light the absurdity of what's happening today. Instead, Jesus kept repeating himself about where we should stand. Okay? I'm going to throw a hypothesis out there um, to end today's podcast. Because we really don't know exactly what it means to stand in holy places, you know, other than, you know, to maybe turn your home into a place of prayer and fasting and a place where the Spirit can reside, which definitely fits into this definition. Um, but I think, I think that's where I'd like to go with it, is that the holy place literally means a place that's inhabited by the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't believe in magic. I don't think that God is a magician. I believe that God works according to the laws of nature. I think he understands those laws perfectly because he's the creator, okay? He is the chief scientist. So I also believe that revelation and the gift of the Holy Ghost are not magic and that they were made to operate within Earth's natural electromagnetic field. So when you receive a surge of inspiration or revelation, okay, I think that that's being communicated to you via the airwaves. And if I or you or any of us believe this, then that also means that we believe that this holy communication network can be used by the adversary. And I think that's easily proven in the scriptures. Um, it can also be polluted, which is mentioned in plenty of places in the scriptures, even specifically about the last days. So I believe that it has been polluted. And yet there are some holy places where the spirit can dwell. These holy places can open the windows to revelation. And additionally, the Holy Ghost does much more than that, doesn't it? We learn in the scriptures that the Holy Ghost can enliven all of your faculties and can influence you spiritually as well as physically. And this is where the hypothesis comes into play. And you know what? Maybe in the end of the day, maybe it's not such a hypothesis at all. Maybe it's just connecting the dots of truth in new ways. But that's it. It's that if you're standing in the holy place, it means you're in the presence of the Holy Ghost which can heal us physically and emotionally from the intense opposition we face on a daily basis, from the electromagnetic frequencies whose harmful radiation weakens us over time. 
I believe the scientists from three, five, seven years ago who were warning us that 5G could make us sick and even kill us. I'm upset at the telecom companies who have allocated zero dollars to testing. I think that there's a chance that sickness is going to worsen as these 5G towers are turned on and wireless internet speeds are ramped up. This kind of a shock um, to Earth's ecosystem, it's an electrical shock. And all of us run on electricity. You know, what happens when your heart stops beating? Well, they, they give you a jolt, a jump start, you know, with electrical wires. I'm sure that this electrical shock to the Earth's system is going to have a dramatic effect on health. Um, and it's all being done in the name of technology, right? It's all being done in the name of technological advancement. You're hearing a lot about this new thing called the metaverse. You know, Facebook changed its company name to it. Um, at the end of the day, this metaverse technology is just an artificial reality made of pixels. All right. Pixels that are seeking to distort and replicate nature. And what it, does that result in? It results on an assault on our agency. Um, it leads to isolation of people. They start to pull back from groups, from friends, you know, as they put on their goggles or as they stare into their screens, which offer them a window into this metaverse. I think it's evil, right? Um, and I believe that all of these frequencies which are changing our atmosphere um, are producing some crazy, crazy radiation. Um, as a spiritual theme, radiation has been discussed a lot. One of my favorite quotes is from David O. McKay. Let's quote him here. Every man and every person who lives in this world um, wields an influence, whether for good or for evil. It is not what he says alone. It is not alone what he does. It is what he is. Every man, every person radiates what he or she really is. Every person is also a recipient of radiation. The Savior was conscious of that. Whenever he came into the presence of an individual, he sensed that radiation. Whether it was the woman of Samaria with her past life, whether it was the woman who was to be stoned or the men who were to stone her, whether it was the statesman Nicodemus or one of the lepers, he was conscious of the radiation from the individual. And to a degree, so are you and so am I. It is what we are and what we radiate that affects the people around us. As individuals, we must think nobler thoughts. We must not encourage vile thoughts or low aspirations. We shall radiate them if we do. If we think noble thoughts, if we encourage and cherish noble aspirations, there will be that radiation when we meet people, especially when we associate with them. So the question is, 
can we create our own electromagnetic field that protects us from the harmful impact of, uh, you know, harmful radiation? Can we do it, you know, through our own thoughts and who we are? Is that enough? Or do we actually have to find a place on earth where we can protect ourselves from 5G? So basically go somewhere where there is no 5G. And I don't have the answer to that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, there, there could come a scenario. You kind of play these if-then scenarios. You know, let's say that in February of 2022, smallpox or monkeypox starts breaking out. Which, by the way, the, the prior podcast we did on that, where Bill Gates warned about it, Literally the very next day after I published that podcast, the FBI said that they had found vials of smallpox, I think in like Pennsylvania. And they, they made sure that that got out there in the media. And they said, hey, you know, there could be an event here because these vials of smallpox are in places where they shouldn't be. And in all of those articles, they made it a point to say, that, you know, although smallpox has been eradicated since the 1970s, um, those who were vaccinated against it, it's likely that those vaccinations are no longer, you know, actively working. And so those people would probably still be susceptible to smallpox and have to get vaccinated again. Okay. So that report from the FBI came out literally the day after our podcast. Then one week later, they discovered a case of monkeypox, okay, in like Maryland or Virginia or somewhere like that. And they said, you better watch out. You know, this is highly contagious. Uh, this rash or breakout could be coming. So anyway, you play these if-then scenarios. If this really goes down, and if they fire up the 5G towers and all of these crazy internet speeds start enabling the internet of things and digital currency everywhere, but people are getting more and more sick, what are we going to do about it? And I'll reiterate, I don't know. You know, I don't know if a personal degree of righteousness is enough to protect you. Um, I don't know if you have to go find a place that, you know, separates you from 5G for a time until the Earth's atmosphere can adjust. Um, we do know that, you know, the young and the healthy stand the greatest chance of, um, you know, of surviving it um, because your body can adapt quicker than those who are older or those who have other health conditions. But we, man, we don't know the set answer. All we know is that in the scriptures, it talks about standing in the holy place. Um, the scriptures also talk about something else. They talk about the earth fighting back. And, you know, in all of the plagues uh, leading up to the second coming, earthquakes are always mentioned. And if you look at it from this context the earthquakes are actually an act of mercy because if you're looking for a place that doesn't have 5G, well, somehow all those towers are going to need to be destroyed. Uh, 
And so if earthquakes lead to a destruction of infrastructure, then it could be viewed as a protection or a defense against it. Again, I don't know. I don't know. The future remains unwritten. But um, clearly, it seems like technology is on the verge of crossing a line. You know, the Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, which, again, a lot of people have warned against, the invasiveness um, of digital currency, these things are a true threat to our freedoms. And, um, you know, let's actually read another scripture here. Um, in one of the best revelations ever recorded, um, it's in Moses chapter 7. It's the words of Enoch. The Lord describes himself first to Enoch, and he t- tells Enoch, he says, My name is man of holiness, meaning resurrected and exalted man. And he says, I am the creator. He says, I can stretch forth mine hands and hold the creations which I have made, and mine eye can pierce them all. So God is the creator. He is science. He is truth. Well, in the same vision, Enoch looks upon God's creation, earth, and he heard a voice from the bowels thereof saying, Woe, woe is me, the mother of men. I am pained. When shall I rest? and be cleansed from the filthiness which has gone forth out of me. This experience had such an impact on Enoch that when he heard God's creation, earth, mourn, he wept, and he cried unto the Lord, O Lord, wilt thou not have compassion upon the earth? So, you know, the earth is clearly designed to enable this interplay of waves right through the electromagnetic field. These are communication waves that we can't see. And every living thing emanates radiation, which goes into this electromagnetic field. And some of it's good, and we know that some of it's bad. Well, the good stuff is the stuff that's coming to us from the presence of God through the Holy Ghost. And that's the stuff that literally is going to save us. And that is the environment that we need to cultivate. Um, So yeah, finding the holy places on earth, creating them perhaps, is essential to surviving the tribulation of the last days. Uh, We will close today's podcast, Doctrine and Covenants, section 45, verses 57 through 59. You'll want to mark these. You'll want to highlight these verses. You'll want to ponder and pray about them. It says, For they that are wise and have received, or excuse me, let me even go one verse before And at that day, when I shall come in my glory, shall the parable be fulfilled, which I spake concerning the ten virgins. So what we're about to read is further explanations about the parable of the ten virgins. For they that are wise and have received the truth, and have taken the Holy Spirit for their guide, and have not been deceived... Verily I say unto you, they shall not be hewn down and cast into the fire, 
but shall abide the day. And the earth shall be given unto them for an inheritance, and they shall multiply and wax strong, and their children shall grow up without sin unto salvation. For the Lord shall be in their midst, and his glory shall be upon them, and he will be their king and their lawgiver.